it's hard for me to breathe But I've got nothing to prove I thought this dirt on my hands Was gonna keep you from me I fall as much as I rise Feels like my walk is a crawl When I'm alone in the night Won't you leave the light Sometimes I won't get it right I'm gonna stumble and fall When I'm alone in the night I know you'll leave the light on Cause I've been reckless with my heart now I'm falling apart I don't wanna be Welcome to 1C. Please rise for our first song.
remain standing for the reading of the scripture. Just a little backdrop to this. As we continue our journey through the book of Genesis, today we're going to stop and we're going to take a look at the story of Lot, Sodom, and Gomorrah. Um, and the amazing thing about the scriptures is that even though that story was way back when, Jesus leaned into it and he talked about it. And so we find in Luke chapter 17, uh, beginning at verse 20, Jesus talking about, well, the kingdom and what's going to be happening. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there, or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in this day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. God's word for us. You may be seated. Join me in prayer. Lord God, we are so grateful to be together in your house of worship. I pray, Lord, that we know you are already preparing our hearts and your Holy Spirit is going to speak to us and bring this message alive and real to us in a brand new way. Thank you for all of us coming together, Lord, and I pray that you would help us continue to worship in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Sons of faith, we sent you down and fear. 
Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. Come on up front. Find a seat up here on the floor. Yeah, come on up. Well, today we're talking about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know what? There were a lot of bad people. A lot of evil was happening. And so God was going to destroy these cities. And then Abraham asked for God's grace. He said, but what, what if you find 50 pe righteous people in the city? We still destroy it? And the Lord said, nope. If I find 50 people, I won't destroy it. And then Abraham said, well, what about 40? And the Lord said, okay, if I find 40, I won't destroy it. It's like, well, what about 30? If you find 30 righteous people, we destroy it. Nope. If I find 30, I won't destroy it. What about 20? What about 10? And so God said, if I find 10 righteous people, I won't destroy the cities. And you know what? I thought we would play a game to see what that would be like. All right, so we're going to play Simon Says. All right? So you want to play Simon Says? You love Simon Says? Good. And you know what? I have some suckers as prizes. All right? But the rules are going to be a little different. If anyone makes a mistake, nobody gets a sucker. How about that? You don't look as happy to play Simon Says. That doesn't sound as funny, does it? What about... Okay, one person can make a mistake, but if two people make a mistake, nobody gets a sucker. You still don't have smiles on your face. Ruben's kind of smiling. All right, what about, okay, two people can make a mistake, but what if three people make a mistake, no one gets a sucker? What do you think? You're willing to try it? One. Well, let's, let's try it, all right? Let's stand up. We're going to play Simon Says. 
All right, here we go. Simon says, touch your head. All right. Simon says, touch your shoulders. Touch your knees. Oh, sit down if you touch your knees. All right. Simon says, touch your ears. Put your hands down. Simon says, put your hands down. All right. Touch your toes. <laughs> Did anybody touch their toes? If you touch your toes, sit down. All right. Simon says, stand on one foot. Stand on the other foot. <laughs> you can put your both feet down. <gasps> Simon didn't say put both feet down. You guys are doing pretty good. Okay, Simon says, stand on two feet. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your elbow. Touch your other elbow. Oh, if you touch your other elbow, you got to sit down. All right. You guys are doing pretty good. Okay, sit down. Ooh, you guys are good. All right, Simon says, sit down. All right. Now, what do you think? Do you think you guys should get a sucker? Yes. Why? You say no. Why do you say no? Four, yeah, four people got out. Okay. But you know what? Jesus gives us even more grace than that. Because you know what? Jesus came and he died on the cross for us. He lived, first, he lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. Right? He never made a mistake. And then he died on the cross to take the punishment for our mis mistakes. And he gives us a great reward. Through faith in Jesus, we get the prize for his perfect life and not punished for our mistakes. So let's use Jesus' rules instead, all right? Since Jesus came to die for all and gives us all life through faith, anybody who wants a sucker can have a sucker. How about that? Does that sound like a better deal? Yeah. Yeah, because Jesus loves us so much, he came to rescue us and to give us life with him forever. So after we pray, you can come grab a sucker and then take it back to your seat with you. All right? All right. Will you pray with me? Fold our hands. You can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue us and offer us life with you forever. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can grab us. Dumb, dumb sucker before you head back to your seat, all right? All right, as they're doing that, just a couple quick announcements. First off, uh, if you are a guest here today, we are so glad you're with us. Glad that you've come to worship this Jesus who has so much grace. We do want to get to know you. A couple different ways to do that. You could text 1C guest to 94,000. You could stop at uh, Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area on the way out. And uh, we'd like to meet you, greet you, and give you a gift as well. Um, and if you're new here, maybe there's some things that you're wondering, how does it all work? So example, we're going to have prayer time soon, and uh, we, we collect prayer requests from you. So if you would like your prayer to be included, you, if you would use your smartphone and text your prayers to 402-242-5051, and we'll include those in worship today. We're also going to have communion that will be coming up uh, right after this uh, song. And here at 1C, we believe it is a gracious gift of God. We believe it's bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if this is what you believe, we invite you and encourage you to celebrate 
this gift that God has given for all of us. Um, and then finally, the last one has to do with the joy baskets. Uh, we do believe here at 1C that every single person here has been given a gift or two or three or four from God. And they're all different. They're all different. And what God takes great delight is, in, is when we say thank you to God for what he's done. And we could do it, whether it's through the songs we've just sung, or the prayers that we pray, or when we serve and help other people. But it also happens when we give our, our tithes and offerings. And we say, Lord, thank you. So um, we don't tell you what to do, but we do ask you, please pray. Ask the Lord to lead you and guide you in what way to say thank you for all that he's done. Let's continue now as we sing. Word became flesh. 
as we continue now with this beautiful gift of Holy Communion. Uh, we are led to the cross. We are led to forgiveness. We are led to grace. Uh, one of the things that God wants us to do before we take communion is to examine ourselves. Uh, that's what the Bible says. And what that really means, it means get honest. Get honest about our sinful condition and our need for his grace and mercy. So if you would join with me in the prayer that will be up on the screen, let's go before our Lord in prayer. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And the good news is very simple, yet life-changing. Because of Jesus Christ, because of his death and resurrection, we have forgiveness of sins and the promise of life with him. There is no news that compares to the the glorious news of God's love for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament of my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And we continue now with the celebration of Holy Communion. Thank you. 
that to be true. There is nothing too dirty that could not be cleaned by our Heavenly Father. And I don't know what you're like, but I'll just tell you, when I watch some of you coming up here and getting communion, you all have a story. I have a story. And part of that story is we're dirty. All of us. And when we receive this beautiful gift, he goes like this, you're clean. You're brand new. You are loved. You are valued. So now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Lord, we praise you for the amazing God that you are. And we thank you that we can bring anything and everything to the foot of the cross. Prayers of praise for a granddaughter born yesterday and that after complications, both mother and baby are healthy. 
such a wonderful blessing. Prayers for the family and friends of Randy Pilikowski, who passed away of brain cancer. Give them comfort and peace, Lord. Prayers for my ex to agree to a settlement and for our divorce to go through. And please be with him and take care of him. Let him be open to help as he is becoming more unstable. Wishing a happy birthday to Rachel Maurer. Thanks to God for giving us this beautiful woman as a daughter, wife, and mother. Continue prayers for Cindy for battle with leukemia. Let her feel your love and the love and encouragement of others. Prayers for my father. He's receiving a blood transfusion this morning. Please give him protection. Lord, whisper deep within our spirit the sweet words that we long to hear from you, that nothing can ever separate us from your love. Help us to hold on to the promises of your word, standing with faith on the things that you declare true. Remind us that you reward faithfulness and that true success doesn't lie in our accomplishments. You love us just as we are, and we are so grateful for that. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There is a story being written. And I remember talking uh, with Randy about the, it's called the meta-narrative, right? In one of his classes for uh, his uh, SMP journey. And this meta-narrative is, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's, it's uh, simple yet complicated. Um, it is eternal in, in the fact that there is a God of the universe that has no beginning and no end. And what I would like for us to consider is that this God of the universe, his grace, his mercy, his presence, his power, all of that has been streaming forever. And it just keeps streaming. And it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. And what he loves is when people like you and me step into that stream where we hear the gracious invitation we listen and we follow. Now, what I find encouraging as we go through the book of Genesis, it is the book of beginnings. It's the book of so many things that we can look at and say, wow, wow, look at that. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. But more powerful than all the nothing new under the sun is this God's love that keeps streaming. Now, we've gone through a couple different things. Let me... Um, let me just refresh my screen. So just hold on a second. I'm going to try to be a little techie here. Sometimes it freezes on me. Um, I'm just going to, we'll go over here. All right, let's take a look at this. Formation of the universe. The Bible gives us stories, right? 
And one of them is how the, how the God of the universe decided to make the universe. Remember, he spoke into being, and it happened. He said, let there be, and there was. And it was wonderful, it was glorious, until mankind said, hmm, I think I want to go my own way, I want to do my own thing. And so we have the fall of mankind. And uh, this fall of mankind was... It was, it's going to affect everybody, right? Because when we talk about DNA, and we're not talking about blue eyes or brown hair, we're actually talking about the spiritual DNA that says, my parents were sinners, my grandparents were sinners, sin has been going on ever since Adam and Eve, and it just keeps going on and on and on. And it keeps escalating and spiraling. And so we get this story of the flood on the earth, and what a story. Remember, it got to the point where God says, I am sorry I made this world. And so he takes Noah and his family and two animals of each and puts them in the ark and saves them. And he keeps his promise going throughout the history of this world. And then it's all kind of clean. There's a new reset, right? And everything is great. But sin continues. And we get the story of the Tower of Babel and this fallout from rebellion. Remember, God says, uh, be fruitful, be, uh, multiply, get out into the world. And they were like, uh, no, I don't think so. Let's, let's stay right here and let's build a really tall building and let's make it so it glorifies us. And boy, that is sin at its best or at its worst. Then we get the forming of a nation, and it's this person named Abraham. Remember, I'll just say a sketchy past. We don't know a lot about what was going on, but he was not a, quote, a believer. And God says, I want, I want to use you. In fact, through your line will come the Messiah. I'm going to use you. And the, your descendants, they're going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And he just painted this beautiful picture for Abraham. And it took a long time. And he had to keep trusting and believing and waiting. But now things get a little funky again. And we have the failing and the destruction of two cities. Sodom and Gomorrah. Now we're going to get into that. And I'm going to tell you there's so much that could be talked about with this. So I'm just going to hit a couple points. Read it, Genesis 19. You'll, you'll kind of see some of the stuff going on. Uh, but think about it. S the name Sodom and Gomorrah gets the attention, and it's like, yeah, that's a really bad, bad cities. Well, don't certain cities kind of bring back memories? How many of you know what this one is? Some of you got to be old, old enough. I was going to say just old. Old enough to understand this is Woodstock, right? Um, and hippies and all this kind of stuff going on. It was like, it was before my time. But it was, seemed kind of cool. How about this one? Roswell, New Mexico. Aliens. I don't know. Kind of a funky place. I've never been there. I go through New Mexico, but never got to that place at all. Um, how about this one? Salem, Massachusetts, and that, that history of, quote, the witch hunts and all that stuff goes on. 
How many of you have ever been to Hershey, Pennsylvania? Okay. All right. You're up. Um, known for chocolate. And it would not be a sermon if I didn't put in something like this <laughs> just to make sure you understand where the mecca of football is, uh, Green Bay, Lambeau Field. It is what it is. All right. And then we get this one. Uh, we don't have a painting or a picture of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, but the Bible paints a picture of how bad and terrible it was. Sin was running rampant. And it was terrible. It was an apostasy to everything that God stood for, this place stood against. Terrible place. I'd like to take you a little bit of a journey and, and talk about this God who is trying to navigate, not trying, he is navigating through all of this. Um, and it's, it's who he is. It's how he loves. I did a little word search about this God we're going to talk about. And when he looks at something like Sodom and Gomorrah, or he looks at something like Jim Thielen, his attributes are really important to understand. So here's just a couple of them. The some of the attributes of God. The word love, 360 times. God is love. Grace, 148 times. Peace, 397 times. And it's those scriptures and, and those references and those images that I'll just say it gives sometimes you this warm, fuzzy about God. But there is another part of God, part of his attribute, that I'll just say it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know if it makes you feel uncomfortable, but there's another part to him. And here's a couple of them. A judge, 188 times. The word judgment, 190 times. And then the word judgments, 122 times. Now this is a setup for you to understand the struggle that Abraham was having. So really, it, it is about Sodom and Gomorrah, but I also want us to look over here at this servant named Abraham and how he was going to try to figure this out, how he was going to navigate through it. Because remember, his nephew, Lot, wasn't the golden child. You know, here he is now to be watching over Lot, and Lot is starting to do things that are not pleasing. So um, things are happening. Now, the interesting thing, you know, if you notice the Luke 17 passage, Jesus points to the Sodom Gomorrah. He points to Noah. Um, he's really leaning in on how the end of time is going to be like. And so now we're going to look at Abraham, and he's feeling the tension between this God who is loving and gracious and peaceful and all this stuff, and a God who is a judge. And he is trying to figure this out. So here's the, the passage from Genesis 18. It says, Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? 
Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put, a righteous, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? So Abraham is struggling with, with something I don't know if you, I have. I'm assuming that you would too. This tension between God being loving and God being just. And how do the two work together? And before I go any further, I just want you to think about those two words, and I want you to focus on the cross. This is the ultimate image of how God navigates through both of those attributes of who he is. The most loving thing that God could ever do, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The most loving thing for him to do was to come to this earth. And the just thing was to take things like sin, your sin, my sin, and put upon himself and say, it is finished. So I want you to look at that. I want you to contemplate that. This is the answer. But I'm going to tell you, when we are going through life and we're navigating through life and we're watching people either getting things that they shouldn't deserve or maybe getting things we don't think they should deserve. And we, we're struggling with this idea of being just. What is just? It just doesn't seem fair. And I believe the tension part is that we have an infinite God and we, have, we are finite people. We will have this tension until we get to heaven and then when we get to heaven, the light bulb is going to go on and we're going to go, oh, that's how it works. But until then, when you bump up against these things, and you're really struggling, that's okay. It's okay to struggle. But hold on to those two truths. God is loving and God is just. Now, I was going to read these, but I'm just going to walk you through something here. I, I think it was 23 years ago I came across a, a, a quote. It says, the walk away from innocence is one step at a time. And I, I really believe this to be true. And I'll just tell you, in my office, I, I get to experience lots of stories. Like I, I tell you, we all have a story. And some of the stories are oh, painful. Oh, my goodness. And some of the decisions that people make, like Jim Thielen, right? I don't think people wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I want to do this or I want to do that. But I do believe it's the walk away from innocence. Gets us in trouble. One of my sons, which will remain nameless, he was a wanderer. Oh my goodness, we would go to Chicago Shedd Aquarium and yeah, we have a whole bunch of kids, but we had this really great system of keeping them all intact, in right? But I think it was four times at least that he got loose and he wandered. And all of a sudden, there'd be this announcement over the intercom. And it's like, <sighs> wandering. Kind of what we do as humans. And if you look at Genesis 13, you just see this process for Lot. And you see that it's going to get him into trouble. And then ultimately, 
you know, God is going to do his rescue thing, which is a really good story. But here's the thing. Let me just walk you through a couple of verses. Um, 13 verse 10. If you can forward it, please. Thank you. Um, we find that he, was, he looked longingly at Sodom. So here he is over at a different place. You ever hear the phrase, the grass is greener, right? I think that's what he's starting to think. Um, he was a sojourner. If you know what a sojourner is, it means you just kind of bounce around. And when you bounce around, you often live in what? Tents. This is a first, just so you know. If you want to, if, I, I love the first that you find in the Bible. This is the first instance of the word house in the Bible. And I'm wondering if part of the appeal is, yeah, here's a city, and here's the city life, but he's looking at, you know, I'm doing this tent thing all the time, and here's a house thing. Maybe that's kind of cool. Well, it goes a little further. Next one. Chose to be near Sodom. So he starts kind of moving. Next one. Move closer to Sodom. Next one. Chapter 14, he moves into Sodom. And then, ultimately, we find in 19... Um, he is in leadership position in Sodom. So he slowly starts moving closer to it, right? And all of a sudden, before you know it, he's in the middle of all of it. And he is in trouble. And Abraham, there's something goes on in Abraham's heart. So let's uh, look at Abraham and a couple things. Uh, first off, he saw himself at chapter 18, verse 27. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. And I'll just say, if we're going to be used by God, we need to start off just like Abraham. We need to get honest with ourselves, just like we did over here. We are sinful human beings. We are but dust. And we need a gracious and loving God to do something for us. So before we're going to go rescue, we need to realize we need to be rescued and that's what Abraham was doing in this verse. Uh, next section, Abraham saw God's heart. Then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we watch Abraham through his life journey. He's getting to know God better. And when you get to know God better, something starts changing here. Abraham was understanding the heart of God, especially in light of Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you think God takes pleasure in the destruction of his people? Does he take pleasure in the sin that is going on? No, he doesn't. So he starts experiencing God's heart. And I'm supposing, that's why next verse, <coughs> Greg talked about it, this idea of 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. I mean, he is like bargaining, right? He's trying to, I mean, he's trying to get it to what's manageable. I mean, 50 should have been a pretty reasonable number, but the sin was so great that he kept lowering it and lowering it. Because again, he wanted, he didn't want, his nephew, he didn't want sin to rule supreme. So, let me ask this question. 
How many times in the Bible do we see God's heart pounding for humanity? I'll just say too many to count. We see it with the interaction that God has with his people. We saw it at the very beginning in Genesis 3.15. Remember when sin came into the world and God's heart was broken because of that? God's heart still beat strongly for creation and said, you know what? I will put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and your seed. He will crush his head and you will bruise his heel. Ultimately, my heart is, it's for you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to save you from sin. And every time we stop in the book of Genesis, and we've now done it several weeks, we see God's heart beating strongly for the broken and the lost. And he will do that to the very end of time. And that's why for me, that stream, the, the quote, the meta-narrative of God from the very beginning, he is thinking of his creation he is thinking of us being connected with him forever, and it's going to keep on going, and he's going to keep on reaching. He's going to do whatever he can. There's a, a story in the scriptures, and if you could just put up that text. It says, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him. This happened a lot, but this one is, in particular, the rich young ruler. The rich ruler thought he had everything together. When he asked about, you know, what must I do to inherit, you know, the kingdom of God, he really thought that he had the list all taken care of. And Jesus' heart broke for him because he didn't get it yet. Abraham. We're going to see some more coming up soon where God is reaching down and saying, I love you. And then 2023, maybe in your own personal life, you need to hear the message that God looks at you and loves you. Broken, sinful, struggling, maybe living in, quote, sin that is so big that it seems almost too much to handle, and yet that same Jesus looks at you and me and says, I love you. And once that message gets received, here's where I'd like to maybe challenge you and move this to uh, the next passage from Galatians 3. We are part of the fulfillment of, of Abraham, right? Look at all the stars in the sky. The descendants are going to come. That's you and me. How are we living that out? Are we, are we living it out with the sense of passion and, and urgency like Abraham had regarding his nephew Lot? Are we living it out with the people that are, surround us that are in desperate need of this grace and mercy and love of God? Are we passionate about it? Or are we passive about it? And I'll just say this week, I have struggled with seeing too many moments where I've been passive. I don't want to get into a confrontation. I don't want to get into an awkward conversation about life and life choices. What happens when we decide to step into circumstances? 
I wrote down a, a list of just a couple that I'm seeing happen, happening here. Taste and see. If you've been a part of that ministry, you know that um, we're stepping into the community and we're bringing Jesus to people, right? And we're making a difference. Um, we did the Haiti Project and we're planning on doing it again. It's, it's loving people. One of the reasons why we started the Bright Starts Daycare and Preschool is there are families that don't have a place for their children to go and we get to care for them with the love of Jesus. Or blast. I mean, I'll just tell you, I'm watching some of these kids and our staff that are working so hard. <coughs> but it's all about Jesus. Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. May God grant you and me such a faith to believe and then to live out to his glory. Let's stand. Let me share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
turning in your favor. Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good. Give the glory to the one.
Couple years I've been on my own. Now I know that I'm not alone. You're giving me a reason to carry on, to carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything is different nowadays. I lost a few ones along the way. I had to learn to trust. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Don't know. 
If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have doubted. I wish I could tell my younger self just to have faith. There's so many mountains you've moved, valleys you have led me through. And it's only by your grace I'm standing here today. I'm a witness to your faithfulness in every storm, in every step. Looking back, never once did you let me go. And no matter what the future holds, you're working for my 
Let your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done, on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come, Father, let your will be done, on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. This day of daily bread, forgive us, forgive us, as we forgive the ones who sin against us, forgive them, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Let your kingdom come, Father, let your kingdom come. 
Tell you how smart 